You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the show on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. And you can always also find us on the all-new Himalaya podcast app. More news to discuss about Aaron Rodgers. We're going to get to the Cole Madison return A little bit later in the show, the Packers also announced they're going to go through a preseason practice with the Houston Texans, which means David Bakhtiari versus J.J. Watt. It means Deshaun Watson versus this defense. It means DeAndre Hopkins versus Jair Alexander. It means all sorts of fun opportunities to evaluate this team in the preseason. But before we get to any of that, there was another quasi-bombshell from Aaron Rodgers, and that was in the, the further parts of the interview that ESPN Wisconsin shared uh, earlier in the week, which was what we talked about yesterday and all of the scorched earth refusals and protestations from Aaron Rodgers about what had gone on with him and Mike McCarthy and his leadership and all of that stuff. Rodgers also revealed that he had a tibial plateau fracture. Now, a quick aside on this. Last year, after Rodgers got hurt, he comes back and he plays. And we don't really know what's going on. They haven't told us what the injury is. This was the famous, he gets asked about what happened in the postgame. He goes, my knee! In in an all-time Aaron, I mean, that's like, 32% 32% of as funny as it was. Maybe, maybe not even that much. It was a classic Rodgers moment, and in addition to the virtuoso heroics that he showed on the field. Football heroics, obviously. And I asked a PT friend. I said, you know, this is weird because he got cleared to go back in the game, and he's ultimately cleared now to play in week two. And what Rodgers said was he couldn't do any more damage. And so I asked this this PT friend to speculate recklessly. That, those are my exact words. I just said, you know, just whatever, whatever you think. What's your best guess? And the response was this exact injury. And we discussed it a little bit and, and more or less agreed that if that is the injury, there's no way he would get cleared to play again. This is the same injury that ended J.J. Watt's 2017 season. J.J. Watt, yes, one of the more injured dudes over the last couple years, but also universally regarded as one of the toughest. Kobe Bryant in the 2013-2014 season missed almost the entire year with this tibial plateau fracture. 
This is a brutal injury. It's an injury that if the average person has, they are, generally speaking, unable to walk or even put pressure on their knee for weeks. Aaron Rodgers did not miss a football game. And so this puts some things into stark contrast for us. And I think one of them is, number one, it makes what he did in week one in the second half even more remarkable on one leg with a literal broken knee to go out and beat down the number one defense by a mile in the NFL to come back and beat that team by lighting their defense on fire in the second half is pretty remarkable. And I think it it makes a lot of the other parts of his game over the course of the season if it was just the knee injury, this was something that I heard from fans of opposing teams in the offseason. Well, where was the surgery if he was so hurt? Where was the surgery? And this is part of, you know, there was this this sister complaint for Packers fans after we found out that it was a knee issue and he's not playing well and then and the injury lingers. There were some fans that said, well, why couldn't they have sat him? If it's a knee issue and it was just never going to heal... That's different than if he has a knee ligament that if he sits three, four weeks, it heals and he comes back at 100%. And I thought that, you know, that's a compelling case. If it, if it had been true that he sits three, four weeks, yeah, maybe you lose that Vikings game and, and you're probably going to lose that, that. I mean, they lost the Washington game anyway. You say he can come back healthy and suddenly your season might look different. Well, with this injury even if and when the MCL healed, he was still going to be dealing with this fracture all season. And what the doctors decided was probably not going to make it worse. The stability of the knee is not really the problem. It's a, it's a pain management issue, and this is going to have to heal. And it's not going to heal unless, until, unless and until you stop putting pressure on it, obviously. But that can happen in the offseason. And if you wait... You know, doctors will never tell you, yeah, it's fine if you wait. But if you wait, it'll heal and you'll be fine next year. If that was the conversation, then that's why he continued to play and why he couldn't just sit and and rest and then come back and play the final, you know, whatever, 12 games of the year and try and make a playoff push. Had that been on the table, I think that's probably the the prudent decision at the time. It doesn't seem like that was on the table because of the type of injury this was. Now, if we want to bring this full circle with the conversation that we had yesterday and Aaron's forceful and passionate plea that his relationship with Mike McCarthy was better than reported, why play? Why gut out this pain? Why deal with all of the criticisms about your play because you're hurt and you're playing hurt and you can't tell anyone really how hurt you are? It it reminded me of late in the season before Mike McCarthy was ultimately dismissed he addressed some criticisms of Rodgers and said look you guys don't know how bad the injury is it's a serious injury and we all sort of went yeah it's a torn knee ligament we get it to to know that this is now the injury and that Aaron played through all of that why if you're Rodgers and you think the organization is whatever, or you think Mike McCarthy is a dullard, or you think, you know, whatever. 
Why are you playing through what had to have been absolutely excruciating pain? I mean, serious, like, major pain. Why are you doing that in a season? You know, once they once they lose a bunch of games, you just say, I'm hurt, I'm done, we're, we're done. You know, I understand the inclination early in the year. Okay, you play against Minnesota, you lose you know, the, the Washington game. And, you know, there's still, there was a chance at the playoffs until December. He kept fighting. He didn't quit. You can, you can say last year in the second half of the season, there were times when it seemed like the Packers did quit on Mike McCarthy. I think both week 17, it's pretty clear that the team quit on Mike McCarthy and, and the team in general, obviously the, the 2018 week 17, Mike McCarthy was no longer the coach. Joe Philbin was the coach, but those teams quit. You know who didn't? Aaron Rodgers. And once the playoffs were off the table, Aaron said, I'm going to keep playing with a serious knee injury. If he just sits and the Packers win four games, Mike McCarthy gets the axe. So if he is so conniving, so manipulative that he can, you know, engineer uh, a disinformation campaign, some sort of propaganda against Mike McCarthy to get him fired, and he's undermining the coach to get him fired, and he's doing stuff on the field. Why would he do that? Why would he do that when he's when he would have when in order to do that, he has to play hurt. And so I think when you go back and you look at, we have this Bleacher Report story, we have this Sports Illustrated story. Anyone that is quoted as saying Aaron Rodgers undermined McCarthy with the stuff that he did on the field, intentionally so, I think we we have to call into question, not the, not the reporting, we have to call into question the knowledge that that person has. It, it has to be just simply their perspective, their viewpoint of it that that's what Rodgers did, I don't find it at all compelling given this injury. I just don't find it compelling. Because to have that level of spite, to play with that much pain just to undercut your coach when you could just not play and he's going to get fired anyway, I just don't find it compelling. So that's not to say that that Rodgers wasn't disregarding play calls in the huddle. It's not to say that you know, he wasn't rolling his eyes about certain stuff. That's not to say that Rodgers didn't think it was time for Mike to move on. I think pretty clearly he did. The quote that was really telling in that Sports Illustrated story was, I don't think Rodgers would be mad for people to know that he's frustrated. That came from someone close to Rodgers. And because how else do you how else do you have that? How else do you have the confidence to say that to a reporter unless you are some sort of Rogers proxy in some way. It was not a rosy marriage. So we can't, I mean, we can't take everything Aaron said at face value from yesterday. We just can't because we know there were issues and no one should dispute that. We just know it. We know it. And that doesn't mean that you didn't think he was a good coach. It doesn't mean that, you know, you didn't respect him and care about him. There were issues. And Rodgers was frustrated. There's no question. 
And I, you know, I think if you want to, if you want to be the most generous to Aaron in this situation that you can be, I think you can say, look, he continued to play because he wanted to try and make it work. If we go back to the analogy I used yesterday in a relationship, there are last ditch efforts you make in a relationship that you know is failing to try and get it back on track or to try and save it. Even if in the back of your mind, you know, there's no saving it. You still may try and do whatever it takes to save it. That might include, in this case, playing on a broken knee. So, and as has been said, you know, a lot on Twitter already and elsewhere, if if you want to have a conversation about Aaron Rodgers' leadership, people are going to feel a type of way and not everyone responds to the same sort of motivations. And so, you know, clearly not everyone loves Aaron Rodgers. That's fine. Everyone is entitled to their own opinions. Just objectively, what Rodgers did to play hurt, to play through pain, to say, I don't care if our season is over. I'm going to keep playing. I want to win. There's a benefit. I made the case last year. If you were listening to the show last year, why there was still a benefit to him playing. Now, I said he should sit, but I may, I said, that, you know, if he's going to play, these are the benefits of him playing. That is leadership. You are setting a tone. You are setting an example. And now, even if, you know, that maybe there were questions in the locker room. Maybe some people were starting to go down the Greg Jennings or Jermichael Finley path. Maybe that's the case. Now knowing that that dude in a season where, you know, you knew by November, maybe sooner, that the year was lost and this guy is out here playing with a major knee injury that that would sideline, you know, some of the, the hardest, toughest players in, in recent sports. Kobe Bryant, one of the one of by all accounts the toughest dudes in NBA history from a playing through pain standpoint. This is a guy who tore his Achilles and then hit the free throws. Couldn't play. Aaron Rodgers played football. Sixteen games. And missed what a half, less than a half. That is remarkable. That is leadership. That is toughness. That is setting an example. So for whatever else you want to say about what's been written and what's been said over the last week, the thing that we know without a doubt is that Aaron Rodgers demonstrated leadership on the field by playing hurt. And so now moving forward, you can say, okay, yeah, it's damage control. This is convenient timing. Maybe if the Bleacher Report article never comes out, we don't hear about the injury this way. We hear about it at a different time. Or maybe we don't hear about it at all. It gave us the opportunity to find the truth. And now that we know it, that has to impact how we view all of this. And it also puts into stark relief why Rogers was so pissed off about all of this. He's got to be going, I just played through excruciating pain for a dog team for 16 weeks. And now you're going to come at me with this? This is what we're going to talk about? We're going to question my commitment to this team, to the plan, to the coaching staff, to, to my players, to the guys on my team, the guys that I battled for, that I went to war with? That's what we're going to do? You're going to come at me with this? I'd be pissed off too. 
Now, that doesn't mean Rodgers is always right and has always acted in, you know, the, the this leadership style. doesn't mean that. But clearly that act reflects well on him, his own toughness, his own leadership. And in all of this, in, in what has become a game of he said, he said, th- that is not up for debate. It is not up for dispute. We saw it. We saw him play. We saw him set a record for fewest interceptions. Uh, we saw him throw for 4,400 yards, 25 touchdowns on a broken leg. And although it was his worst statistical season of his career and he didn't play the way we're used to seeing him play, now we know that there is a legitimate and and kind of ridiculous reason that that was the case. So even in this dysfunctional moment, and there's just no debate that there was dysfunction on this team, it's possible this injury added to that dysfunction because Rodgers is going, look, if I'm going to bust my ass, why isn't everyone else? It would That would make me a little prickly too. But now is the time to move on because this is a new team and Rodgers gets the chance now. He's pissed off. He's theoretically healthy. And he's going to get a chance to have some more words for the haters and the doubters. And for his sake, I hope he gets 16 games to speak. Cole Madison is back. Did you know that? Had you heard? Could you? Was there room for any any other Packer information in your brain over the last forty eight hours, seventy two hours, week? Cole Madison's back. I don't I don't know what changes now. I think it it offers much more depth for the Packers on the offensive line. There's no question about that. They were really high on Cole Madison, and they thought he had a chance to compete to be the starting right guard. Byron Bell was never supposed to be the starting right guard. That was supposed to be Justin McRae's job. Bell was supposed to be a swing offensive lineman, not a preferred starter, and neither McRae nor Bell turned out to be capable starters of any kind with Cole Madison dealing with what he was dealing with, and he'll have the opportunity to speak on that. We have some further clarity on what transpired over the last year and and what kept him away from the game. I don't think anyone should begrudge him the time that he took to go through what he went through, to have, to come to the realization that it might have been the game that you dedicated your life to that ultimately cost your best friend his life. It's It puts into perspective all of this other squabbling, all this other drama that's been going on. This is something that's real. And the pressure that these guys are under to perform the pressure these guys are under to provide for their families, to make a career, to make a living, to set a path for themselves, that is a lot for someone who's 21, 22, 23. It's a lot for someone who's 31, 32, 33. And they're asked to do it. And so, you know, obviously you have to be rooting for a guy like this to say, look, I put my... I put my my whole life into this and it took some soul searching but this is what I want to do I understand the risks it's going to be tough it's going to be hard but I'm going to do it and so I'm anxious to see him play we we, we got very limited exposure to him last year 
His former teammate, Andre Dillard, is in the draft. Would would love to reunite them. I think Dillard is really, really good. Having Cole Madison adds a an important element of depth to this team. That's what Billy Turner was for. I think he's going to come in and, and be the guy that they want to play right guard. But this makes things interesting now because Turner can play tackle. So let's say he is the starting guard and they allow Brian Bulaga to walk next offseason. Turner could become the preferred right tackle, and Cole Madison can be given the opportunity if they think he is ready to play right guard. Turner can play both. He has played both. Now, I think you know the maybe the preferred method is you extend Brian Bulaga, you give him two years, three years. Remember, he's, you know, this is not, he's not 34-35. This is his year 30 season. He just turned 30 this offseason. So it's not like he's washed. We understand the issues that he has staying on the field. But when he's on the field, he's still really, really good. If you're going to get 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 on the high-end games, let's just say you get 12. You get 12 games from Brian Bulaga. That's worth his contract right now. Given the contracts for offensive linemen over the last few years, I mean, if he's willing to take you know just what he has now as an extension, he's worth every penny. And then in those games that that you need help when he's hurt, Turner slides over, Madison slides in, and you've got a reasonable backup plan. This is a unique opportunity now that the Packers have because they've built this depth. You add Billy Turner, you get Cole Madison back. It's basically like an extra draft pick. And, you know, obviously they already made the pick, so it was it was a sunk cost if he was not able to contribute for them. So now he'll get a chance to earn playing time. You know, I think it's a long shot he's going to play over Billy Turner, but he could. Turner's being paid like a starter, and maybe you could say overpaid like a starter. But even if Madison is just slightly under where Turner is, that is a valuable player because you're going to need your depth. The Packers prove this every year, even when they had good offensive lines. You know, even when they had Josh Sitton and TJ Lang in their prime, those guys were missing time. You know, Josh Sitton never got through a season fully healthy. He was always banged up. Now he played through a lot of it. Ditto for TJ Lang. But they were hurt. It's tough to be an offensive lineman. And we saw last year what what can happen when you don't have good plans. The Packers did not have a good plan at right guard last year. If the plan was Cole Madison, that's a bad plan, even if he turns out to be a good player. Because, number one, you can't expect your rookie to be ready right away. And number two, that's not a good enough plan. Now, I was wrong because I thought it was. I thought Justin McCray showed enough that he could be a reasonable player, a reasonable starter for them, I was wrong. If the Packers thought that, they were wrong too. Now, I can't blame them because I thought it too. But it is the case that they were wrong, that I was wrong. We were wrong. They have to do better this time. They they cannot afford their quarterback to get hit in the leg again. They cannot afford their quarterback to get hit and, and fall on his collarbone again. All efforts need to be made to make sure that Rodgers is upright. If that means running the ball a little bit more, going more play action, if that means 
trying to stretch the field a little bit more so you have fewer drives, which means fewer attempts, which means fewer chances for your quarterback to get hit, then you got to do that. Oh, wait, that is exactly the kind of offense the Packers are going to run this season. That is what Matt LaFleur is. It's what he's going to bring to this team. He's going to protect Rodgers. With the run game, with play action passing, and with an offensive play design, that's not going to require him to be Superman every play. And that's that's critical. That is critical. When the offense is going to have less on Rodgers' plate, it's going to mean he has to do less, which means less improvising, less second reaction plays, and letting Rodgers play on schedule, get the ball out, and then go. That's it. That's what you want. You want you want the the, the little bits of improvising to complement everything else. You want it to be complementary in the elements of his game. The last few years, it became too much of primary. And part of the part of the reason it worked in 2016 is by the end of that year, the offensive line really had coalesced. 2017, 2018, there were bigger problems. And 2018 especially, injuries, a lot of issues. That's why I was like, you can't put him out there. The fact that Rodgers was going out there week after week behind undrafted free agent players who are starting. I mean, that is that is courage because, you know, one hit the wrong way. I mean, we saw Alex Smith, the situation with Washington. Getting Cole Madison really provides this team with myriad good options now at every position with Billy Turner being a backup. That is part of the reason why I think the Packers overpaid because he can play guard or tackle. That means he can swing. So if Jason Spriggs can't play, and it might be the case that Jason Spriggs can't play, you certainly don't want Jason Spriggs to play, at least not for long stretches. He can come in and give you a half. He can come in and give you a game or two if you need him to. He is no one's long-term answer. You have a starting five, plus Cole Madison, plus Spriggs, plus draft picks, and the opportunity to, to solidify something for the final stretch run of Aaron Rodgers' career. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, there may have been more conversations from players uh, with media availability. Uh, so if there is anything of note that we get out of that, that is something we will cover tomorrow on the show. And then after this, we are we are going to focus on draft content because the draft is rapidly approaching. And I, I just feel like we've had too much other stuff to talk about to really dig into it. So we're going to keep doing that. We talked a lot about some position groups we've talked about some scenarios I want to get deeper into some of these these players who are likely to be on the Packers radar to give you a better picture of who they are and what they can do for this team because once they're on the team certainly we'll have time to to dive in but I want to get you prepared I want you to be informed when the Packers make that selection so you can go oh yeah that guy I know all about him I heard about him on Locked on Packers That is always my goal, to have you one step ahead of the other Packer fans who aren't listening. And if they aren't listening, you know, who knows why they aren't, but that's we all make choices, as my father would say. So I appreciate you choosing us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to have a lot more content coming in the upcoming weeks as we head toward the draft. There there are no off-season moments, really. There is no true off-season because there's always something to talk about. The Packers prove that this off-season, so... 
There, there are always discussions to be had, which is why we are here four days a week. And once the season comes, five days a week, that is coming up faster and faster, it seems, every single day. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Always subscribe. Leave a rating. Five-star review. Appreciate it. All those things really help us grow. And uh, we're still growing. It's amazing. I can't believe it, but we are. So thank you so much for everyone who has spread the word. Continue to do that. Post about us on your Facebook page. Tweet about us. Tweet at me at Packers at Peter underscore Bukowski. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.